I think Joyland is a movie that should be shown everywhere. I think certain movies just make you think about the fact that now there's a whole community of people that are not going to be privy to this movie at all. That probably don't even know about what's going on with this movie. Desi Talkies is brought to you by Jore. Jore is a South Asian media company based in NYC. Jore amplifies South Asian authenticity through a diasporic storytelling platform and lifestyle brand. Follow Jore on Instagram at J-O-R-E magazine. Hi, everybody. I'm Anissa Khan. Hello, I'm Ananya. And welcome to Desi Talkies, a show where we talk about Bollywood, Lollywood, pop culture, and everything in between. And we're so excited to have you guys. I think we should start by introducing ourselves a little bit. Sure. You want to start? Okay, I could start. So my name is Anissa Khan. I am a filmmaker, a recent graduate. I love movies and I love South Asian media and I make my own films. I'm a writer also, a film analyst, write scripts, just everything in between. I am Pakistani American and Ananya. My name is Ananya Sethi. I am Indian American and I am a avid watcher of all movies, all TV shows um, from the beginning of whatever I can remember, I've been watching uh, TV and movies and enjoying them, loving them. Um, I've been on stage all my life uh, from working with the Royal Shakespeare Company to theater um, in general, everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Ananya and I are super excited to be here. We have one Pakistani American and one Indian American, and we're going to talk everything South Asian media and pop culture. And it's kind of funny because Ananya and I have known each other for a really long time, but we only became friends in the past couple months. We are both theater babies, actually. Uh, we both were in the same theater company for four years of our lives. Uh, Anisa was the sound head in the company, and I was the vice president and art head of the same company, and we were never we never spoke. So it's very interesting that life brought us together for this, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited too. Uh, we ran into, I actually didn't tell you this, but we ran into each other at South Asia New York Fa Fashion Week and I recognized Ananya. And I, as much as I am all about having fun and getting to know new people, I'm terrible with names. So I ran into Ananya and I was kind of just like, oh my God, I know who you are. And we said, hey, and she uh asked me if I came back from studying abroad and everything and then after my colleague and friend I was with was kind of just like oh why didn't you introduce me to her and I was like oh it's someone I know from high school and I cannot remember her name so <laughs> <laughs> I am learning about this for the first time today and this is very interesting to know but yeah so I'm really bad at names I know Ananya's name very well now I know a lot of things about Ananya a little bit way too well now so <laughs> You know, it's a process, but Ananya is super creative and great in the fashion world, in the modeling world, in the acting world, and kind of we reconnected after this fashion show. I would say we connected because even though we knew each other, we never spoke. 
so we connected and what started off as me texting her for a coffee date turned into us hanging out for seven hours and, and nonstop talking. Talking film. Yeah. Constantly. It was, it was and that's just... when we realized that this needs to happen. This podcast needs to happen. Um, I couldn't believe how many movies we literally spoke about that day. Um, we spoke about everything, characters, movies, sh shots, everything. Um, it was amazing. And it just clicked. Yeah. So this uh, podcast is kind of our child um, from our first date together and now here today. <laughs> so we have... This is just like the foundation to our friendship. Yeah. So we're super excited to be here today. And sharing it with all of you. Yeah, of course. What, what, another reason why we really wanted to start this is we felt like there was no at least North American-based podcast that talked about South Asian media. And it, these are conversations that we have so eagerly and we love talking about films, but we kind of wanted a resource for us to go to where people from the same growing up perspective as us could relate to the content that we were watching. So yeah, this is Desi Talkies, guys. So today's film is Joyland, uh, which released earlier this year. Um, it is directed by Saim Sadiq, and it is about the youngest son in a traditional Pakistani family um, who falls in love with a transsexual woman. Um, and it just discovers him and follows him and his family through a uh, very interesting phase in their life. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so we're really excited to be talking about this today um, because I don't think anyone has really reviewed it to this level. And we kind of wanted that resource to be available to people. And this film for me, it really touched me. And being able to watch it as a Pakistani American and seeing the strides that this film has made in terms of festivals and globally and the recognition it's getting from Western outlets and other outlets all around the world is really remarkable. So we did want to talk about a little bit of context for this film too, because you may have heard of Joyland not as much for its acclaim and more for its controversy in Pakistan and other parts of the world. I think as a South Asian, um, in general, this movie just means a lot to all of us. And it should mean a lot to all of us because it is just a different representation of something that we don't really talk about in our culture. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to try not to give spoiler alerts to a certain extent because we do want everyone to go watch this where they can and where it's being screened. I did want to give more context to the censorship issues that it's had. So recently, uh, Joyland kind of went through a lot of ups and downs in censorship in it being released in Pakistan. The film has been screened at multiple film festivals around the world and has won a prestigious award at Cannes Film Festival 2022. But in Pakistan, it has been banned for outlining transsexual relationships and identities and that's kind of the controversy so it was banned in pakistan after being approved and there was a huge social media outrage rightfully so and the hashtag release joyland became viral and you could kind of see it on all independent film outlets everyone around this world wanted this film to be released and shared and eventually very recently, the film's ban has been reversed. However, where it is screened in Pakistan, it has seven scenes that are cut out. 
So that's something we're also going to talk about is how legitimate is a moviegoer and film's representation when very pivotal and important scenes are cut out of the film. And this is something I feel like we see very common in the South Asian film fraternity, um, whether that's Bollywood or anything else. I mean, obviously, I know a lot more about Bollywood in terms of films just because I haven't watched that many um, Pakistani movies. But even in Bollywood, I feel like it's so common to hear things like this where it's like, oh, the censor board has cut this scene out or, oh, there's a whole argument based off of the scene because some political party got involved with it. Of course, Ananya, I'm like so curious to hear what your opinion of the film is because, again, you don't have that much background to Pakistani cinema. So we kind of get a different perspective from you. So overall, what did you think of the film? And then we'll go into details. I loved it. I loved the movie. I loved... There's so much that we will obviously go into detail about. But just kind of scratching the surface, I feel like the movie was so beautifully done um, from just the coloring, the cinematography, the characters, the world that they built, right? This is a world where you see people openly having conversations, but it's still behind closed doors where it's like, it's open in, in front of you as the viewer where you're like, oh, wow, they're openly having this conversation. But then you realize, oh, wait, they're openly having this conversation in four walls, you know? And that's that was a part to me which was like it's talking about something very like um, very outwardly, but at the same time it's holding back because that's the reality of the situation, right? We're okay with LGBTQ, but only when it's hidden, right? Only when we're not talking about it publicly, only when we're not talking about it on a platform. And I think it did it did that so beautifully. It showed that so beautifully. Um, and it, the way it built a world, it was almost pretty to look at, right? From the colors to the lighting. Um, the, it was bright at times, it was dark at other, other times, but it never it never felt like nasty or dirty. Um, it never felt like disgusting to watch. Um, and if I had to compare it to a movie that I've seen which did something very similar where the topic was very um, hard to watch, but the world wasn't difficult to, you know, uh, the world was, the world building wasn't very difficult, it would be Gangubai, right? Where the topic is about prostitutes, it's very uncomfortable to watch, but the setting the location the people they're very normal they're very okay it, it was okay to watch it and it didn't feel uncomfortable watching that world um so yeah I, I really enjoyed the movie um I think they did an amazing job with it so do you want to start with the movie or do you want to start with India and Pakistan's past with stuff Ooh. because we did touch upon the fact that I haven't watched a lot of Pakistan movies. yeah why is that Ananya well, they're not available openly to me, at oh. least, right? Why is that, Ananya? Well, you tell me why. <laughs> it's no, such Ananya, a touchy subject. Yeah, Ananya doesn't hate Pakistani. No, She's, no, uh, no, one of my closest friends. First of all, being... we're sitting across oh, each other yeah, right now. We're having a splendid time. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Pakistan and India media relations have not been the greatest. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, Listen, we miss Favad. Let's start with that. <laughs> oh my god, we miss him too. <laughs> but he just came back, Malajat. We're going to talk about that later. So that's something that we're really excited about. But thank you for acknowledging that uh, Bollywood does miss Fawad Khan. Uh, Pakistan missed him too when he <laughs> was in Bollywood. So <laughs> kind of glad to have him back. That's the one <laughs> perk of us like combating in terms of media. Um, 
Wait, how is this relevant to Joyland? I think Joyland is a movie that should be shown everywhere, right? To begin with, I think certain movies just make you think about the fact that there is a whole community of people that forget about even the ban in Pakistan, right? Now there's a whole community of people in a country that are not going to be privy to this movie at all. That probably don't even know about what's going on with this movie. In terms of the current political climate and art, I feel like there's so much that is just not being shared in between between the two countries and it's an issue that is in both the countries. LGBTQ is an issue in India as much as it is in Pakistan. We can go into other characters in the movie that are also very common issues. Having a son is spoken about in this movie throughout the movie. It's a, it's genuinely a topic, right? The um, patriarchy is a very big underlining topic in this movie and it is common between both countries, between probably all South Asian countries. So I really do think that it is unfortunate that movies are not shared or art is not shared across borders because at the end of the day it's art especially if it's not showing a political figure which this movie isn't it's not showing any kind of politics it's not showing any kind of propaganda towards any country right why then why is art hidden if it's not talking about any of the following things i couldn't agree more that was damn it that was beautiful <laughs> that was a, like a great great speech right there and i agree with every statement i think um if we're centering back on why it was banned and then reversed and then banned again in Pakistan. It was more because of the representation of transsexual identities, which is so ironic because they're such an integral part to Pakistan itself and our community itself and kind of banning it or taking out certain scenes that are referencing it more explicitly is not like that doesn't eradicate the transsexual community and their existence. Right. And I think we have a lot of work to do in the future, but that that's just kind of my two cents on that and our two cents on that. Right now, this film is still banned in Punjab. Hopefully, by the time we release it, that ban is reversed. We're praying, inshallah. But um, that's really sad because this movie is set in Punjab with majority of its dialect being in Punjabi. So we really hope that that community is able to see the message and the story that Saim Sadiq has created. So let's talk about the film more because it's a film we really love. Yeah. Um, think, uh, let's shift focus from politics to film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, let's talk about casting. Casting? Yeah, let's talk oh, about Oh, casting first. is phenomenal. I loved seeing Sarwat Kalani in it and Sanya Saeed, people who are so strong in dramas that we grew up with and Pakistani media that we've adored for years kind of thrive in this artistic and indie environment. And you can even tell that by the shots and, you know, the film classic frame. And we're going to get all in cinematography, but I want to talk about casting first. So uh, how do you think the actors did with their roles? What are your opinions on that? Something I really appreciated was the fact that the transsexual woman was played by an actual transsexual actor. Um, I think that it is so important to utilize the actors that we have when, you know, the especially when the role requires it. Um, forgetting about any other character or any other role but in certain situations your role requires you to have a certain actor and we have seen pieces of art or pieces of cinema in the past which have not utilized um, transsexual actors in a role which was representing a community um, or using um, northeastern Indian actors when the role clearly required a northeastern actress to play the role. 
right? Um, and not getting into those movies. But generally speaking, we see in South Asian cinema very often where a role requires a certain actor and they don't utilize the actors that are available to them, which they are plenty of available, you know, um, whether that's a theater actor, whether that open casting, just hold the casting and i'm sure that with the population of our countries there will be actors out there um, who are very competent to do roles um so i really liked alina khan who is the uh actor playing biba the lead um another actor that i really thought did a very good job was rasita rasti farouk rasti yeah, farouk she was great um another actor that i thought did really well was rasti farouk um who plays mumtaz um and i really thought that she was very subtle in her acting it was not overdone where she needed to be quiet she was quiet where she needed to be emotional she was emotional and i think she did that really well and she understood her character really well because her character has all these shades of um emotions right it's not just it's a woman who's really dealing with a lot and is dealing with a lot in her heart um and then her brain is telling her something else her mind is telling her something else um so i think she did a really good job at emoting that i completely agree ananya i think that the casting was just so well done and the characters were created in a way that was so organic and natural with the dialogue and the mannerisms and the way they kind of function together in a chaotic family home and that was very evident through what was shown and it the family home and the way the shots were constructed created such an intimate environment where it kind of felt like we as the audience were peeking in and it was a bit of an invasion of privacy. And I am going to delve into, you know, All cinematography <laughs> a bit. So the shots are very traditional style, four by four shots. And the frames are very close and tight. And a lot of the shots are stationary shots, meaning that the camera is put there and there is no movement in the camera. Right. And just the actors are moving or they're having a conversation. And something that seems so dull has multiple actors in the staging and a lot of planes of field and a lot of depth field like the closest point in front of the camera will be a table with two people sitting then in the, the middle head. ground yeah hmm? or just ahead like yeah just ahead head. yeah in the middle ground there'll be like a walkway in the back there'll be somewhere else so you have different planes of field and it creates so much depth to not only the conversations but the visuals and what we're looking at and it's kind of what we thought a statement to the different layers of society as well. I also felt like the character, going back to characters, um, I felt like their home was a character. Joyland, which is meant to be this amusement park, was a character. The theater where she performs was a character. So I genuinely felt like it was very interesting how they used setting as a driving force because in certain settings, characters acted different. If you look at the lead, the male lead, Heather, he was different at home versus when he was at the obviously there are certain traits that you still it was the same character but it was just the action when you see him in the theater versus at home he's the same character his traits are very similar however his actions are different the way he is with his fellow characters is different um, same thing with his wife Mumtaz when she's at home she's different when she, you see her outside the house whether that's at the salon that she works at or at the amusement park she's free as soon as she steps out of those four walls she's a different character so I really think that the setting not only is just you know four walls I think it's 
really a character as well. It's forcing other characters to act differently, right? I think that directors often do that with their movies. Writers often do that with their films. They use settings as a character in the film. And I think the director did a beautiful job at that. The writers did a beautiful job at that. I think that really plays into the cinematography, right? What we're looking at. What I don't know if you noticed or not, but there was a lot of frames. There was a lot of frames. Yeah. You know, there not only were we looking at characters in in the setting, but we were almost looking at it from outside the setting. We were almost looking at it from behind a window or outside a door um, or from the other room. And also, if you notice that those shots with like the windows and the mirrors are usually at points in the film where the character is having difficulty with their own identity or their current situation. So it kind of, for the audience, for us, it gave a very dissociative feel of them not knowing where they are in terms of their mentality. And that's what we felt. Are they looking for themselves? Because we almost don't know either, right? We don't know if this character is about to make a decision that's going to affect them a lot or this character is going to be we actually just we were with them you know in that moment um this is not the type of movie where you know what's happening ahead of time from the character you're kind of going along with the character you know exactly where they are at the certain time that they're there so for example there was a scene where Montaz is standing um you see the back of her head she's in a kitchen and uh her niece is playing with a gun a toy gun and Initially, I was like, this is such a jarring scene. This is such a weird scene to have because why is this kid playing with a toy gun? And I remember saying that while we were watching as well, where I was like, what is going on? This is such a random scene. And there was nothing else in that scene. There was no conversation in that scene. It was a very short scene. And as soon as it finished, I realized uh, because she finds out something right after that scene. Um, I think she's like very conflicted right after that. I realized as soon as that scene finished that the gunshots, the toy gunshots were actually her mind, right? Mm. Like I said earlier, this is a character who's constantly between their heart and their head, right? That constant battle. And I genuinely watched that and I was like, this is such a stupid scene initially. (laughs) And then I realized that the child is naive. They don't know what they're playing with. They don't know what the meaning of a gun is. They don't know what's going on, right? And she's very like, she's just kind of playing around with it. There's no context to the scene. And you don't even see Montaz's face. You don't see her emotions. You don't see her feelings. But the way that the scene is shot is that the niece is right in front and then Mumtaz is right behind. All you see is her head and she's walking. And I think that that was so beautifully done. And that's just the kind of cinematography, the way it's filmed, that is exactly, um th- that just shows, that goes to show what the character is feeling and you feel it with the character. Yeah, I agree. I actually want to talk about that same exact scene. Yeah. So that scene I had written down because I noticed a pattern with the camera movement and how there's a slow um, zooming in. And that's a pattern. And that only happens when the character... It's also a lot of symmetrical framing, beautifully done. And the slow zooming in, it only happens when the character who is in the center and being focused on feels suffocated. Right. Or they feel like their personal space has been violated. So as she's in the kitchen cleaning and that little niece is running around with that toy gun so loudly, it's just zooming in on her washing dishes. And the same thing happens in another scene when you have Heather in the dancer's locker room while all the guys are kind of bombarding him and bullying him about Aviva's sexual orientation and his relationship with her. And it starts off with like a wide shot in that four by four of like everyone bombarding him. And you can kind of feel him just feeling suffocated and it slowly zooms in while you still see everyone just hounding him. Yeah. 
And I think the camera is it's also its own character along with the set yeah. because it kind of lets us see closer when the protagonist or the character is trying to hide from us or yeah. hide from themselves. Another scene that uh, I really wanted to talk about and the camera again was very important in that scene was a scene where Heather and Mumtaz are laying in bed and you actually don't see if they're laying in bed or they're sitting down or what's going on because they're back to back and it's very close. It's extremely close. All you see is just their back of their heads. I found it very interesting and I'll get into lighting in a moment in that scene and in general in the movie but this is a scene that follows Heather making a decision right to be with Biba. They haven't done anything. They haven't kissed nothing Um, but you could see that you know that thought has come in his mind now and it's there. It's something he's done right. Emotionally he's cheated on his wife at this point and they're back to back. They're laying there. The camera is extremely close. You feel suffocated. They don't feel suffocated. He doesn't, you know, he actually really enjoys his company with Biba. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, so they don't, it's not them. It's you that feels like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, um, almost uncomfortable watching that. But I think it was so beautifully done because they're just having a conversation back to back. They're not looking at each other. They're not even, there's no emotion in their voice. There's no tone in their voice. There's, it's just a regular husband and wife conversation. It's so beautifully done because she turns around to face him at some point in that and that's when the camera kind of you know moves out and it kind of opens up the space for her to move and I think that was just so beautifully shot as well he has a red lighting on him if I'm not wrong and she has green lighting on her which is also throughout the movie just there and I'll I'll touch upon that in a second but I just really wanted to talk about that scene because it, it just I don't know I had goosebumps watching that scene what do you think yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way. That's actually really interesting. Yeah, it was very close. And I was like, why is it so close? Like, it, that was kind yeah, of reverse on the audience to kind of make us feel a bit suffocated in a way. So I agree with that. I think we could talk about colors so much. There's so much green and red. And kind of Ananya and I were playing a game where, like, we would be like, green, red, red there, <laughs> green there, whatever. We love, yeah, yeah. we love finding color themes in films. And we love calling it out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did love- this earlier with uh, Monica Oh My Darling as well when we watched that, um, which was very interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, we love a good but color yeah. palette. So um, Just, sorry, going back to that scene real quick. They were talking about um, the beach in that scene. Um, I just wanted to touch upon that real quick as well because the beach plays a role as well in this movie. We don't see it until the very end, but just the way they're discussing something that's so liberating, right? Mumtaz is talking about how she doesn't like going to the beach because her clothes get wet. Why would anyone like to get their clothes wet? And he he's never been to the beach. And earlier you see him having this conversation with Biba who enjoys going to the beach. And he talks about how he might want to go one day. And I found it very interesting that they chose that moment to have that conversation because up until this point you haven't seen them have just regular conversations it's always been something about family or something about the house or something about their job it's never just been hey uh do you like going to the beach or have you ever been to the beach and here you realize that they just want to be humans around each other as well and this house doesn't let them do that so i just found that very interesting as well but yeah we can definitely talk about light green and red all throughout the movie obviously there's other lighting obviously there's moments where it's very dark there's moments where it's very sunny but green and red was 
very much consistent through the whole movie. Um, I found that very interesting. I uh, We were talking about why I think, personally, it was a representation of the concept of kind of safe zone, danger zone. Um, when we look at green and red, it's often stop and go, right? Um, the whole idea of should you drive or should you stop? You know, should that character make that decision? Is that something that they're doing? Or is it something that they shouldn't do? And they are stopping themselves from doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. whether that, you know, be having a relationship outside of their marriage or watching somebody or, you know, anything that may change the course of their life completely. Green and red was everywhere. It was in the curtains. It was in the lighting. It was on the streets. What do you think? It was so pretty to watch. I loved it. It was so pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about a bunch with this film. And I think something I want to touch on before we wrap up is kind of the mudra scene and how that was articulated and shown in Pakistan. For me personally, I've done a lot of research and a lot of work in the mudra scene because I'm going to do a little plug here. <laughs> but I made a short film a year ago called Vogunguru Wali Ladki, also known as The Girl with Anklets. It's on Vimeo. So in that film, that's about 1980s women dancers in Pakistan. And because of that, I did a lot of research into the mudra scene. I watched the Vice documentary called Showgirls of Pakistan. Highly recommend watching it, where it kind of follows the lives of several different mudra dancers in Pakistan, one of them being transsexual, how there are multiple hate crimes, and it's a very unsafe environment. Uh, women get killed and looked down upon and talked down upon, yet the men who attend these performances face no repercussions for entertaining something that is thought to be so vulgar. And these women are put in very unsafe positions for practicing an art and a craft that some of them do out of desperation for money and others do because they enjoy and they don't have a safe space for them. So it is very important to kind of showcase that. And I also did watch Saim Sadiq's uh, short film, Darlings, which came out and was kind of a proof of concept for this film. And with Alina Khan in that as well and he kind of touched on this. I'm very curious to why he is so interested in this scene and this kind of aspect of Pakistani culture. For me, I was interested because I enjoy dance very much but I thought it was really important to showcase all these layers of Pakistan within one environment. It was crazy how they did that. They talked about mental health issues, sexual liberation, transsexual identities, family dynamics, patriarchal concepts, so many layers to South Asians society and it was a very it was like this film was a beautiful visually but it was also like a societal statement piece with its dialogue yeah i agree i think it's very interesting that you're pointing out very different scenes than i am i think that just cultural differences right there are certain cultural differences obviously in religion and in the general country right i think that it's very interesting actually to hear your point of view on certain things because the scene that i was about to point out after this was a very subtle scene it was the wedding scene Hmm. I found it very interesting I enjoyed it a lot I think it was so beautifully done because I felt like that was the first time you saw Biba be free yeah you saw her just having the time of her life in that scene there's a lot of sunlight in that scene it's it's shot on a rooftop yeah that's Um, true yeah and even the person getting married the people getting married right they're happy They're happy. They're having a great time. And right before that scene was another scene, which was very interesting to me. It was Biba having a conversation with her friend, who is also a part of the LGBTQ community. And 
Mumtaz having a conversation with Nuchi, who is her sister-in-law. And it kind of cut between two two scenes. Yeah, that cross-cutting was lovely. And I found it very interesting because it felt like that was really, you could tell the contrast in conversation, right? Where they were having a conversation about their sexual fantasies and what they feel about their sexual lives, right? They're just having a genuine conversation. When I say they, I mean Biba. On the opposite end, Nuchi and Mumtaz were having a very different conversation about kids and family, right? Um, they were not having a conversation about anything related to sex at all. I found that so interesting because it showed two women who are genuinely like struggling, right? At their in their house, you could tell that they're struggling. They are just kind of dealing with it. There's one woman who's had four children, four daughters. Um, which obviously is not accepted, right? As women living in the South Asian culture diaspora, we know how much of a taboo having women is till date. And then you have a woman who literally has no idea what her husband is up to, right? She, I don't think she cared to have children, personally looking at it, especially a son, right? Um, And she just wants to work. She wants to be successful in her career. She was very successful in her career. And you saw that in the beginning, right? And she was kind of, it was put on pause. And then contrasting where you have Biba and her friend having a conversation, which had nothing to do with any of their problems, right? Her friend's about to get married and they're just excited and they're getting ready and they're just having a good time. Even though their their problems are probably way more amplified in the movie, I felt like it was so interesting to watch that contrast in in characters, right? Um, And the wedding scene was just so happy. I felt like it was just, it was beautiful because that is Biba's world and that's how she sees it. And that's how we saw it for the first time too. We didn't see her as a dancer. We didn't see her as anything more than just a girl trying to have fun. And, and that's, that's what, what she was doing. Yeah, that's great. I'm just going to wrap this up. But yeah, so something I will say is that having the privilege to watch this movie in its entirety uncensored uh, allowed us to review it and analyze it to its core and also just love it. And I do think that cutting scenes out of it does take away from the beauty of it. And I also think that the reason people want to cut scenes out of it is because they see reality in it. And they're it, uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable by what happens in real life and what real life looks like and they don't want to see that on screen but i think that's something really important to kind of argue with uh film and television in every part of the world is slowly becoming a reflection of our real life this is not something to run away from it's something to look in the eye and accept but ananya and i really enjoyed watching this and please look and see if any theaters near you or any festivals near you are playing Joyland and please go show your support. Uh, Hashtag release Joyland and give good reviews because it's great and it's something that it's a beautiful film that everyone should see but yeah. Yeah I mean I highly highly recommend going and watching this movie. I think it's so beautiful. That's the word I could use for it right? The way it's shot, the way it's done, the way the characters are the silences in the movie the just the general lighting of the movie like we spoke about everything right and i'm sure if we sit here we could talk about so much more. we could literally we could sit go and on and on hours. about That's every you know movie right yeah um but genuinely if there's anything that you know i would want to you know end this with is as an indian watching the movie i felt like this movie should be shown this movie should be shown 
to everyone, irrespective of borders, irrespective of the bans that have been placed on this movie. I think it's very unfortunate that there was these there were these bans placed. I'm pretty sure this movie would have struggled if it was also released in India. I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate that our countries are in a, a very weird political climate. <laughs> and sitting outside, it's very easy for us to say. Yeah. And I know that. And we have a lot of um, privilege to be mm-hmm. able to sit here and have this discussion. Yeah. Um, and I acknowledge that completely. Uh, however, as speaking from that privilege, I hope that people are able to watch this movie because there are people who are not privileged and they don't have their voices amplified the way we do. Um, and I hope that they they can, you know, appreciate this movie. And I hope that they can also have their voices heard the way that we have our voices heard. Here. How many stars would you say? Um, I would give this movie a 4.5 out of 5. That's literally exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. That's crazy. There were certain flaws that I didn't touch upon. And I feel like there were certain moments where... That dancing scene, man. <laughs> the main dancing just, scene. That's I, what a mudra looks like. It's That's not about the mudra. I did not have an issue with that okay. because there was multiple scenes before that. Yeah. It, it, it felt that I felt like the actors were uncomfortable doing that. That's kind of the point. And then you had an issue because the dancing scene, uh, they were voguing. <laughs> they're evoking well, the dancing scene. the reason scene. I'm taking half a point away from the movie. I don't want anyone to think that. But... They're allowed to vogue. Everyone's allowed to vogue. Yeah. Exactly. Please go ahead. Please go vogue. Do some whacking. Do some yeah. voguing. But I just I felt like the like I lost the character of Heather in that scene almost, and it was just the actor. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was they were uncomfortable doing it or the character. The I maybe it was the actors around them that were uncomfortable doing it. The other men dancing. Um, but I just felt like it was just slightly uncomfortable to watch, but not for the right reason. So that's that would be my... There were certain scenes that were like that that I was like, okay, you know. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, I'm so glad we agree on a rating, though. <laughs> Why would you rate it 4.5? Yeah, I would do 4.5. Uh, I think maybe... Uh, obviously it's an art film. It's a little slow, but yeah, <laughs> I think I think I wish there was more of a predominant background score. I think that could have done really well in this movie is to have a little bit more music, even if it's softer and quieter. So that would have been great. Um, and I think I don't know if Heather's character was built on enough as I, I wanted it to be. But other than that, I love the film. That was our episode. Our Desi Talkies rating for Joyland is 4.5 out of 5. I'm Anissa. And I'm Ananya. And tune in for another week for another episode. Please follow us on Instagram at Desi Talkies Podcast. Please leave us a comment and let us know. Send us a DM if you want us to review a specific movie or you have any suggestions. We love talking with you and we'll see you next time. Yep. <laughs>